0: hello movie lovers so tonight i actually have uh clinton bennett with uh well not Bennett, uh clinton clinton robinson with me sorry about that i got time tied for a minute but anyways we're gonna be talking about obi-wan season one episodes one and two and the first half we're gonna be doing episode one and then for the remainder we'll do episode two and how you been doing man it's been a while it's good to have you back
1: i mean it's always been fun being on here you know it's I've been all right, you know, just life caught up with me, so I didn't get to do, you know, like, the Moon Knight episodes like we wanted. But, you know, happy to be here again, man, especially for Kenobi. I've been excited for this series since I found out about it.
0: Same here as well. I've been very excited for Kenobi. Um, I had some speculations and stuff like that, thinking that Darth Maul was going to show up into this series and then then got disappointed that he wasn't. But then I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm just going to go on ahead and go into this without... Having the thought of Dark Maul even connected him with this universe. And I definitely like how Hugo McGregor is back in this. This is more like a broken, down Obi Wan. Oh, yeah. And I love how he's trying to find his way again. And yeah. also, yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I was just uh, like he- saying, yeah, you know, like Ewan McGregor, like. I just remember being as a kid, seeing him for the first time and Phantom Menace. And then like, like you brought up Darth Maul, like I always liked that feud they had, but that kind of got wrapped up in Rebels anyway. So it kind of wouldn't make right. sense to pull them in, um, considering like they have this just giant spider web of connected, uh, series and movies and books and all that stuff, um, I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens with all the different um, Inquisitors that are in this because a lot of the Inquisitors show up in like the Jedi Fallen Order video game and then the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens there. But like you said, like I love this broken, beaten down, lost Obi-Wan that's lost his faith, that's lost what made like Obi-Wan so amazing in the other movies where he was just like this beacon of hope and light. And now we just see this gray, beaten-down, broken man that's just, like, damaged beyond repair. It's gonna be interesting to see this journey for him. Oh, for sure. And I also like how this universe is
0: actually a lot bigger than what what it actually is that we got from the prequels and the TV show, Oh, I mean, and movies. Because, to me, I feel like with the movies that condensed down that universe to the point where there was, like, only one planet they were going to. With this Mm -hmm. TV series, you can go to several different planets, which is something that I really like about it. And we've already seen...
1: We've already seen three already. We've already seen Tatooine, Alderaan, and I forget the name of this other planet that they're on, but, like, this crime world that they're on. Um, It's not Nar Shaddaa. That's... I don't know why I wanted to say that, but, like, we've already gotten three planets. That's my favorite thing about Star Wars is the different ecosystems, the different communities that they travel to. I was kind of worried that it was going to be, like, just another series that's bogged down on Tatooine, like, how many giant galactic stories do we need on a desert planet? Like, for it being nothing, we really go to Tatooine a lot.
0: Exactly, and there's no reason for that. And what I like about this is is the fact that it's said 10 years after the events of Order 66.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like we mentioned before, the Grand Anne's are the fifth brother in River uh, Savender, which is also the third sister and everything. I love how haunting and dark she is. Especially when she goes in the uh, katana. uh, You know what I'm talking about. And to the katina.
1: And she's threatening those
0: Yeah, and basically she's over there threatening people and stuff like that. It's like, the Jedi has never done anything for you or anything. They abandoned you. Look, What have they done for you? They're hiding behind the shadows while we're out in the front, pretty much. And you're going to wind up getting just as much trouble for hiding a Jedi. And here you have... Obi Wan in the shadows watching this go down, and I just love it. And let's see here. It, um, oh. NSG Skull says it starts with a, oh, hey, buddy, <laughs> and pulled from the Star Wars RPG.
1: Oh, yeah, it was um, pulled from one of the new planets from one of the games. Thanks. Thanks, Skull. I won't say a real name, even though I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's right. It did start with the D, that that crime planet that I brought up. But I do love that it takes place in what's called, um, in the fan community, the, the dark times of Star Wars. Like that time when the Empire was hunting down the Jedi, where the Empire was growing and everything. That's pr- my favorite era of Star Wars. And I love that we're slowly starting to get to see more of it with Rogue One with um, Obi-Wan, with uh, the new um, Andor series is coming out. Like we're really starting to see this big pivotal era with the rise of the Galactic Empire and like just the Inquisitors showing how dark and insidious they are, even though we know that they're really not that strong compared to people like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. For a normal person, they're still like, you know, having basically the devil walk up to you. It's just like in this intimidating presence all throughout the galaxy. And That's like, definitely. and one of my favorite things is this show, it starts off basically with a recap of episodes one, two, and three with Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Just starting us off, reminding us of all these emotions that Obi-Wan's going through. Cause it's all of his emotional highlights through all three movies. And then just snap right into order 66 happening in the Jedi temple. Like that was you see that, I, Right. You see, I love I love that because then
0: that means you don't really have to do a rewatch of the prequels. It just jumps right in there and stuff like that, and glues you right into Obi Wan. And you know, my fiance is not like the biggest uh, Star Wars fan or anything like that. She loves she likes Star Wars, but it's not like oh my god, I need to check out Star Wars. But I started watching the first episode. Next thing you know, she was glued into Obi Wan. So. Oh, yeah. This show has so much levels to it that, you know, if you're not a big, huge Star Wars fan and you just want to go in and check out Obi-Wan, you can just watch it from the previous uh, episodes that you got from the movies and then jump in in this journey with Obi-Wan and you'll be perfectly safe.
1: It's definitely a lot more light on what you need to know Star Wars wise. Like a lot of them, it's like a lot of the shows like The Mandalorian, to understand it, you have to watch almost all the movies like 1 through 6 and then some of the TV shows whereas with Obi-Wan I mean technically you don't really need to watch the first 3 movies I mean it would be a lot better if you did but you could go into it fresh because it does do some highlights and it's more of just like a character journey which Star Wars has exactly. really been Star Wars has really been liking that lately is these Definitely emotional character journeys and like for it to be on the shoulders of some like someone like Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan it just like works like he's such a great actor and then the character himself is such a great character and we get to see this point this bridge point between the Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan and then the um Alec Guinness Obi-Wan from episodes four or five from you know the original movies like we get to see this bridge between the war general to the wise old Master and get to see how he went from those two different people. And um, it's just, like I said, I was in tears <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of the first episode. Um, right. It's it's a call back to form for Star Wars. And then um, just seeing this guy that we saw as a war general just being this hermit that works in like a meat factory. <laughs> um, like. <laughs> hiding the fact that he's, like, this galactic savior and is now just, like, working for pennies just to get by. Like, it was so amazing.
0: <laughs> it was, because you can even tell, though, that Obi-Wan was even getting tired of that, though, working in the meatpacking industry. And also, too, he's having to go ahead and sneak food in uh, to himself yeah. and also, too, laying low. So he's keeping a low profile. He actually has a fake name of Ben.
1: Yeah. But
0: which I thought was actually pretty funny. but I mean,
1: that's a callback thing- to episode four, old Ben Kenobi, the old hermit. Like, it's just a callback to that throwaway line because everybody was like, how did he go from Obi-Wan to Ben? And now we know, just his hiding name. Wasn't right. really that clever.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. He sticks out like a sore thumb, to be honest with you. You can definitely tell that he has this Jedi kind of walk tool to the point where you can tell that he's actually different kind of like being out in the wild wild west that's what i kind of got the vibe from this
1: show it's like this is like a old-fashioned gunslinger trying to hide like he's a farmer yeah exactly but you know what though i love
0: when you're keeping he's keeping an eye on luke
1: oh yeah and And that is uncle owen yeah
0: yeah but also too it also goes through guilt and shame of the things that happened and knowing that he had to separate him and leia That he's fighting against. So it's over guilt and shame is why he's so protective of Luke. But then he forgets about Leia. It's like, ah, she's fine. She's living out her best days and everything. She's a princess. Uh, She's a princess. She's doing fine. But I need to check on the little desert boy that I left outside over here. So I like how Owen winds up calling out Obi-Wan inside that uh, market. And he winds up saying, so what what are you going to do? The same thing that you did to his father? You need to go ahead and let that guilt go. Yeah, And and move on.
1: He calls out that he's kind of like latching on to kid Luke as like some sort of almost like saving grace. Like if I can keep Luke safe and hidden, that'll forgive all the things I did. And like something that I really like, and this is just like great directing, great acting, great writing is when he is watching kid Luke playing and hiding from Owen and you're like hiding from his chores and he's sitting there pretending to be on a speeder on um, the door of his home, like, you you can see that he sees, like, young Anakin right there. Like, it's almost like Obi-Wan's looking at Anakin. And you can see that guilt, that remorse, that sadness, but also, like, a little bit of, like, recognition. Like, almost like he's seeing his old friend again. And, like, you can see all that play across Obi-Wan's face over the course of, like, the five seconds. And it was just... Like I said, amazing show. Um, Great callbacks and great character work there. And you're right, Brandy. It did feel more like a movie than a series. Like each episode felt like its own film. And that's why I told you in the beginning before this episode, before we started going live, that like, I just, I'm so astounded by this. Like, you know, I love Mandalorian. I love Boba Fett. You (laughs) know, those were fun. Those were fun. But the, the, they wouldn't, like, this could win awards, in my opinion. Like, it's just this has a ca- astounding.
0: <laughs> this is like a six-part, episodic type of movie. This is like oh, yeah. a six-hour movie that could actually get nominated for Academy
1: Awards if, if it was actually a movie. Oh, yeah, if they wanted to. to like, if they wanted right. it to, it could. And, like, the... I forget the actor's name that played Uncle Owen, but like even him, like his work with just like the few lines he's had so far in the series like, it's just amazing. And the fact that, you know, when he was being interrogated by the inquisitors in town square, where they're hunting for a Jedi, which isn't Obi-Wan, but Owen doesn't know that that wasn't Obi-Wan that they were looking for. And he, you know, hid the fact that, you know, Obi-Wan was standing right there as a Jedi That, like, him saying, I didn't do that for you, he was protecting his family. He doesn't care about Obi-Wan. He wants Obi-Wan away. He wants Obi-Wan off Tatooine. And that just, like, was great. The only thing I do say I didn't like in the first episode was all the cutaways to Leia. Until we found out why. Um, See, I was fine with
0: that as long as it was, like, needed. And it wasn't just like, oh, there's Leia and everything. And she's running and stuff like that, you know. But I was like, okay, where where are we getting with the plot with it?
1: Exactly. Right? And
0: because I get the fact that what they're trying to do is they're basically trying to show us, hey, look, Leia's Le- Le okay, she's with this family now, yeah. she's learning manners, respect about respect about what it's like to be a princess, and also too, I like how she she basically tells her own cousin off. Yeah. <laughs> though too, because he was such a ball bag. I'm gonna be honest with you. He was such a little
1: douche. You know? I agree. The standard, you standard <laughs> pompous, spoiled, rich kid type of idea. Um, you know, it. It's just one of those things. I, it's just my fanboying of Obi Wan as a character. I get that she was needed. Um, I just wish it wouldn't have cut away so much of my time with Obi Wan. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Her, the, the actress they got to play her was great. Um, she, it almost does remind me of a younger, like a child, Carrie Fisher. You know what I mean? And the, the whole tie-in of why she existed and was needed was just to draw out Obi-Wan out of hiding. And at the end of the first episode, we see him, like, he's hesitant. He doesn't want to go be the hero again, but he knows he needs to be. He wants to be, but doesn't want to be at the same time. Like, right. he wants that life again. He wants to be the adventuring warrior, hero, Jedi, but at the same time, he doesn't want to go back to that because he knows how much damage happened. He blames himself for everything that happened. We can see that. Like, right, especially
0: with Qui Gon. I feel like the events that happened with Qui Gon, and the reason why he's basically trying to be there for Luke, though, too, is his guilt and shame over Qui Gon because he didn't get to train. Anakin the way that Qui-Gon wanted him to be trained under, so therefore he's like, well, as soon as this kid starts showing signs, I'm going to be there. I'm going to wind up redeeming myself, so therefore I can go ahead and take this kid under my wing, and then Qui-Gon can give me the pat on my back saying, you know what? You know what, Obi-Wan? You did a good job.
1: Exactly. You know, It's like this whole, all this goes back to him wanting to almost start over, to redo everything the right way, and I think what will what he'll realize by the end of this is obi-wan did everything he could do right and we all know that and this is just us watching him come to that realization because it's not his fault that anakin turned he couldn't have prevented that he couldn't have none of them could have prevented order 66 from happening like that just that was all beyond their control that was machinations that took place hundreds of years before them um But it does a great job of showing his remorse in this first episode, showing his guilt. And that's what this show is, is guilt. This is Obi-Wan going through guilt, Obi-Wan going through remorse. Obi-Wan basically giving up on the ideals of the Jedi. He even told the Jedi that was in hiding on Tatooine, the time for the Jedi is over. There's no more being a Jedi. Go bury your lightsaber in the sand and put that life behind you.
0: Right. And, of course, the Jedi winds up getting hung, and then that's when Obi-Wan's like, you know what? I need to go ahead and do what's right.
1: Exactly.
0: Because otherwise, what am I going to do? I'm going to be just like him, hanging up, uh, hanging, hanging over the crowd for everybody to see, hey, look what they're doing to me. Exactly. Or, either I can die, or I can go ahead and live and do what I need to do. So... I like how they do that. I also like seeing Jimmy Smith's character back again, too, because mm-hmm. I really liked him as a character in the prequels. Yeah. And just seeing him back and everything made me fanboy, have that little nostalgia feel to it <laughs> and everything, too. But it's just fantastic to see Hugo McGregor back, and he just owns that role. Like, he hasn't even skipped a beat.
1: Nobody can play Obi-Wan you know? besides him. Nobody. Nobody no. can do that character. No. no. And that's why, like, and the same thing goes. We haven't we haven't gotten to see it yet in episodes one and two, um, but uh, Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin. I'm excited to see him playing Darth Vader because we never got to see him play Darth Vader. He played Anakin. We were going to get to see him as Darth Vader um, at some point. I, I really hope that the speculation that there's going to be another showdown between Obi Wan and Darth Vader is true, because I'd really like to see that. Um, we'll find out over the next couple weeks, though, for that one. <laughs> right. So, let's see here.
0: There's another thing that I wanted to bring up as well, where you know, there's also another thing, too, where basically Leia is basically trying to defend herself in a sense, where you know, she's not afraid to flee. Flees in this movie, uh, TV series, which is like really surprising from the Red Hot mm-hmm. Chili Peppers. Right, And he winds up kidnapping her, but she's not taking nothing from him. Like, basically, she's not afraid. She's going to go all out. And well, like you said, the little girl, you're right? and that's Leia. that's Leia. That's Leia straight to a
1: T. And it's also kind of like Obi-Wan calls out, and this is in episode two, but he calls her out for being a lot like her mother, Padme. Like, she's got a lot of that not afraid of anything, not going to take crap from nobody type of deal, even though everybody is stronger than her and bigger than her. She's not... She doesn't take crap. And that character, this kid Leia, does do that perfectly. And, yeah, you're right. I was surprised to see Flea in this, but that was awesome.
0: <laughs> that was. That was really cool. And, you know, it wasn't like his performance was good. I'm going to say that. For someone that only does, like, little small appearances, like in the movie sun in Law with Polly Shore and then some other stuff that he does. But he actually serves the character really well in this yeah. TV series to the point where... It doesn't take you out of it. It actually adds more to the story and realizing how dangerous these people actually are, which yeah. is the Inquisitor uh, and the Third Sister. But you know what, though? I think we'll go on ahead and go into the second part, you know, okay. because, you know, that's because I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover within the intro itself, the first episode. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, the first you know,
1: episode, we really just hit it on the head with it being about his remorse, his guilt, his, then his act of being in hiding. Like that's really what the first episode was, was just putting that on the plate for you and showing you what Obi-Wan has been these past 10 years and what he's trying to continue to be. And then breaking him out of that almost self brainwashing that this is what he deserves. This is the life he deserves. This is the life that he lives now and then he gets pulled back in by bail organa like you need to rescue my daughter you're the only one that can you're the only one that understands who and what she is and obi-wan's just like you're right i need to and like that call that calling moment was a when bail organa showed up in person and b when he saw that other jedi hanging like both those put that nail in the coffin for him and then We see as he's leaving the planet, that last moment, the other person that was boarding the ship with him turns because Obi-Wan hesitates to get on the ship. And she says, well, are you coming? And it takes him about 15 seconds to be like, yes, I am. And then we see that iconic Jedi walk away onto the ship with his lightsaber at his head. He's wearing his old robes and everything, even though they're worn down and dusty and old, just like Obi-Wan. He's dusty and old, and we see that in the second episode in the couple of fights he gets into. He's way out of practice. He punches uh-huh. somebody and hurts his hand. He doesn't remember... He remembers, remembers what he used to be able to do and doesn't realize he can't do that anymore fully.
0: Right, because of his age and stuff. But I definitely think that he's still a badass even without the lightsaber because oh, yeah. it goes to show you, hey, look, I can do more than just... Uh, use the Force to take down somebody, or I can do more than just uh, use my lightsaber to take down somebody. I can also do physical hand-to-hand combat, too, because I feel like that was like one of the things that in the prequels that they didn't really show was how these Jedi's can actually take down somebody without having to do anything. And it shows yeah. a little bit of a human side to this. It doesn't make them indestructible like you do with the other movies or anything like that. It shows... That they have weaknesses within, within age, which is something that I like.
1: Oh, yeah. They're just people. And, like, they're martial artists. That's what a Jedi – like, they're based off of, you know, knights and samurai who had right. martial arts. Like, that's – just because they have a sword doesn't mean they can't beat your butt with their, with their hands. And right. Obi-Wan, like, is the most badass of the Jedi. He was the first Jedi in 100 years that had killed a Sith Lord. Like, and he was a grand general of the Republic's military. Like, he wasn't anybody to scoff at. Like, he's a tactician. He, like, you can get into the lore of Star Wars, which we don't have to. But, like, it does show that he was a lot more than just somebody waving around a laser sword.
0: Right. And another thing, though, too, is I like how he goes over to that, uh, this other new planet that we never even saw before. It kind of reminds me of Tokyo. A sense because of yeah. the neon lights and stuff like that. I definitely love the look and the atmosphere of this planet. This would actually be the planet that I would actually be on, but um, minus the crime, minus minus the
1: crime. Yeah,
0: minus the crime. <laughs> this is like this is like being in Gotham, basically, in yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> but you know, I like how he goes up to this one Jedi, and this John Jedi is actually the actor who played
1: in the Eternals movie. Well, he was wasn't was hilarious. Not a Jedi. Huh? He's, a, he's a guy pretending to be a Jedi, but yes. Right.
0: Well, a con artist. I was going to get to that yeah. in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> he was a con artist. who's trying to pretend he's a Jedi. He winds up telling this one woman, hey, look, your daughter's no longer, or son's no longer in danger. You can now leave. And oh, I need 500 credits. And basically, Obi-Wan is watching this from a from a distance, but you can tell that he feels insulted. Yeah. Because of the fact that you're insulting these people's intelligence, you're also making profit off of people that you're putting their lives at danger because of your being a con artist to them. And you're also using the Jedi in a way that's not, that's not good either because you're making money off of the Jedi name. You're not exactly. nothing. You have magnets in your hands to lift the gates and everything and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you're a fake dude. And I even looked at Brandy and said, this dude's faking. But <laughs> I liked how I like the actor though. I like uh, I always liked the I like this actor.
1: Oh yeah, I love that actor. He was he's amazing. He's he usually does comedy work, but now that he's getting into action and stuff is really cool. Um but I loved that showing somebody profiting off the Jedi name and pretending to be a Jedi and hiding, so he asked for a lot of credits. And trying to act all noble and stuff, and then he does have his redemption towards at the end of this episode, um, and it does show like just more of the world at large and everything like that. And then you know Obi Wan having his interaction with this downtrodden, homeless clone soldier that was abandoned on the side of the road by the Empire, um, begging for coin. Um, and it just shows how in the past the Republic is now, um, on top of just like it, the world building in this episode is just great. I, I can't see say right. No, I didn't notice that.
0: I didn't either until she brought it up, but yeah, to me it, it looked like her and everything too. Um, there's also another thing that I want to talk about that I really loved. Was when, of course, when you wind up seeing the third sister. Um, what she winds up doing is basically doing like a John Wick and sending all these uh, people after Obi Wan to kill him. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like John Wick in the Star Wars universe. I'm loving this. I'm eating this up, and oh, yeah. you know. And also too, you know, whenever you see the sister on top of the building and then she's watching this fight go down then you see the brother, the Inquisitor, he's looking and, goes, and he's also really pissed off because he's this is happening. When he tells her, hey, you need to let this hate, hatred go um, for Obi-Wan and everything and just concentrate on looking forward instead of backwards. And she thinks in her eyes that if she winds up Doing this, basically, Obi-Wan and her are both kind of the same in a sense because of the fact that she wants to please Darth Vader. And she thinks mm-hmm. by doing this, we'll actually please Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan is actually thinking if he trains uh, Luke, he'll be pleasing Qui-Gon Jinn. So both yeah. of these are, characters are both similar in a sense to the point where I would have to say that these two characters probably can't stand each other because they have too much in common sense
1: in a way in a way i can see i can see that i can see that thread but um that rooftop scene was just like cinematically beautiful and i really love the colors you know the purples and blues of the neon um with the contrast of the yellows and reds of the blaster fire um this character though this uh revo she Interests me because she's the only one out of all of them we haven't seen in other, you know, shows or movies before, um, which just leads me to believe she's going to (laughs) die. Sadly, um, probably killed by Darth Vader because he's really, you know, into killing subordinates that mess up. Um, Probably as soon as he finds out that she's trying to kill Obi-Wan, he'll probably kill her because that's what he wants is to kill Obi-Wan himself. Um, that's, that's, that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm getting led. Um, but it's this episode really like, I I can't highlight enough. Just the, the seeing Obi-Wan trying to get back into action again and him realizing, you know, I might not be on my A game. And then his realization, because this whole time Obi-Wan thought he killed Anakin, he's having the remorse and guilt of killing his brother, his best friend, his Padawan, his student. And then he finds out at the tail end of it that Darth Vader's alive, that Anakin's still alive. And we see that, like, he's getting ready to fight both of the Inquisitors at the same time. And then he hears them call out that Darth Vader will be pleased to find him. And then he just loses all readiness to fight, all readiness to do what he needs to do. Just this sudden bomb of guilt hits him that he left his best friend to die on a lava planet, only to find out that his best friend is still alive. And he right. failed to do that.
0: And, you know, like you said, basically Vader wants to kill Obi-Wan himself. Basically she's setting her her own
1: death trial
0: by trying yeah. to please him, but that's going to displease him and piss him off to the point where he's going to kill you. And also, too, if they don't kill her, I'm hoping that they don't turn her to the dark, to the light side. Uh, I just she, want your villains to be the villains. I don't yeah. want this lights. This person was so dark that that now she's has to be turned to back to being part of the light side again because she was once a Jedi. I don't want that. Let your okay. villains be the villains, and it gives them a chance to breathe a little bit to where you can actually root. Or dislike the villain even more.
1: Yeah, not every not every because, villain deserves a redemption arc. Yeah, not, not every villain no. deserves a redemption arc. And that's kind of the problem with a lot of modern-day Star Wars is a lot of redemption, a lot of redemption arcs. It's just like, not everybody's got goodness in them. Like, some of them, no. especially the Inquisitors, the Inquisitors are kind of the worst of the worst because they were Jedi Knights. They were Jedi P- Padawans. They willingly turn to the dark side and then hunted down and killed Jedi. They're, they're kind of just like a bastardization of the Force. So there's not really any reason for them to be redeemed.
0: Exactly. And then, you know, another thing that I liked was basically when you have... Finally, Obi-Wan winds up finding Leia. He winds up rescuing her. He's like, come on, we have to hide. And here's what makes you think I'm going to go with you? Because, my fa- because your father sent me to save you. And so they're trying to change out of their cloaks and everything because you're, you look old. Like, she's just pointing out all the negatives and everything. Oh, and yeah. then, of course, you know, and then finally they're in the market and, and stuff like that, and they're supposed to be keeping a low profile. But I like how she calls them out on the low profile. Because, oh, you think just because you're not talking or anything like that or interacting with anybody, you think that you're keeping a low profile. That's... You're not doing anything. I like exactly. how...
1: <laughs> she just calls him out on everything. She's definitely like smart-headed. She's stubborn. And Obi-Wan calls her out on that, too, saying she's a lot like Padme. You know, very smart, very bold, but way too, like, uh, bull-headed to, like, get by. And It's it's hilarious. And it definitely you see, is. And, and you also see his remorse with Padme there, too. Like, there's... This character's just got so much trauma and PTSD in it, and it really comes to play sometimes. You can really see all of that with his character. Again, just excellent acting and character work on that part.
0: Exactly. And then we also see, of course, the other Inquisitor. Basically, he winds up getting killed by his sister. And, you know... And, you know, it was bound to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen that quickly.
1: Because I, mean, I know that I thought maybe he might kill her. It's the dark side. They all betray each other. That's just, like, kind of the bad right. guy thing. Bad guys are always stabbing each other in the back or stomach.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um. Then, of I course, mean, we
0: have... Yeah.
1: Oh, I was just saying that's how they operate in Star Wars. They're always betraying yeah. each other. I mean... It's stereotypical.
0: Exactly. That, this is why they're the bad guys and everything. They always like backstabbing each other, stabbing each other. Either way they'll it goes, there's a lot won. of stabbing.
1: Yeah, no, they'll never. They win. won't
0: because that's how they cancel each other out. Yep. They have this
1: they have the upper hand until they really start beating the
0: crap out of each other. But I do want to mention this though, and I love the stunts and the work with this, where Leia jumps mm-hmm. off the roof and Obi Wan saves her by using the Force, and it kind of. It, it, it was actually a pretty cool moment where basically he just lightly puts her down on the ground because remember she's like if you're a jedi you're gonna you're gonna make me float you exactly you can't make me float because you're not a jedi and then <laughs> then all of a and sudden then he, he does just, right so I thought that was actually a pretty cool moment. I thought the stunts and the choreography with the stunts and the fights was really good oh
1: it was it was superb it was amazing. And that's one thing that they've always gotten right with the Star Wars live action shows is their stunts and choreography, like it's, uh, and just getting to see this character back in action, and showing him like picking up the dust because like he fought two guys hand to hand, which like back in the day Obi Wan would have had like no problem with back when he was in practice, and now he's like so out of practice he kind of had a little bit of a struggle beating the two guys up, um, and then like you know catching Leia when she was falling it showed him struggling really hard to do that because he we we've figured out he hasn't used the force in 10 years like no and he's he, very rusty very rusty <laughs> it was it was great to see though
0: right like i said it shows you some humanization with it because if you're not going to use certain abilities for a long time of course you're going to be rusty. Of course you're not going to be the same type of fighter that you once were. So therefore, it's basically taking a fighter that used to perform in UFC uh, retirement, and now he has to retrain himself on the way that he has to take someone down. And that's exactly how I felt with Obi-Wan and what he was doing with the Force. Now, whenever I saw Anakin for the first time, it kind of reminds me of Wolverine being underneath the water when he was breathing and stuff like that. But it was cool to see. I, I really loved seeing um, Anakin again.
1: The, the couple seconds we saw Vader in right. the back to tank. Yeah, that was. And then the breathing. Like, that was just. I'm excited. I can't wait for next Wednesday.
0: <laughs> Same. This is actually going to be great, though, man. Um, I have no idea where they're going with this. So I'm excited. So I, I, definitely,
1: I definitely feel that build-up for the Obi-Wan-Vader conflict. I definitely feel that. I feel what we're getting to next is next episode is probably going to have the Inquisitors going back to the Grand Inquisitorius, like their fortress, and reporting to Vader, hey, we found Obi-Wan. Also, we screwed up and he got away.
0: <laughs> and by the way... Um,
1: the Grand Inquisitor this- is dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the sister killed him. Because she thinks that he's by killing him and also finding Obi-Wan to kill him, uh, to, to kill Obi-Wan, will actually please you.
1: Yeah, and I could just I, see
0: him. Force choking see,
1: her. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lights out for her, I think, next episode, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, lights out. Vader's not a second chance type of guy. This is. And, no. And this is Vader, like, in his prime. This is Vader in his swing. Like, he's been ten years hunting down, killing Jedi. This is scary Vader time. If you've read the comic books, this is Vader that, like, takes down hundreds of soldiers by himself any given moment.
0: Exactly. So, I think that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. But... You will. Are you coming back again for? Oh, next I'll
1: do the whole. I'll do the whole series with you, man. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Okay, awesome.
0: Because I do have a couple of people. As a matter of fact, um, I have a couple of people that are going to be joining us later on and everything too. So I have a couple of appearances and things like that. So it's going to be a fun show. So guys, this is what I want you guys to do real quick. There's actually a link below where you guys can get some merch from us, uh, from my store. The, and get this go up until midnight to get the merch and then that's it that's the end of the campaign until i actually do another campaign so go ahead get yourself some merch from movie loves unite and that's everything that you guys need to know for now and we'll be back again on monday to do what we do here at movie loves unite you guys have a great and safe night thank you again clinton i do appreciate you being on the show as always and always until next time guys bye-bye